So, Hello. Jamie, Allison, first things first, how are you? Good, thank you. Very good to hear. So, you have a new album out. Yes. Um, or, or not out, it's coming out. Coming out, yeah. <laughs> it's been announced. It's been announced. Hmm. Uh, what kind of ex excitement is this for you guys? Because it, because it has been a while. Obviously, uh, you release Little Bastards in between. And yeah. There have been other things, but new music. How important? Yeah, very excited about it. I mean, it's kind of our reason for being is, uh, you know, putting out records and touring. And it's been a long slog in the wilderness, really felt it. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's very, very excited to, to be back with an album that we are, you know, 100% happy with. It's it's a privilege, really, <laughs> an accidental privilege. But um, yeah, but I mean, we also we we finished we finished the record almost a year ago. Okay. So you know, there's a there's a big waiting game at the moment. I think this. Um, the world has, is, is uh, yet to recover properly from, from the shenanigans of 2020. We're still feeling it. Do you notice then that your mind is all already elsewhere in terms of musical ideas or, or can you stick with kind of what you did a, a couple of years ago, mentally? What do you mean from the last record, from the record that we just did? No, I just mean, I mean in, in terms of, like you say, the record was already recorded a year ago. So I mean, are you thinking about new yeah, music? Oh. In terms of creativity and how you, how you perceive those songs. I mean, I, de I definitely go through phases of one of, um, I mean, there's a sort of euphoria when you finish a record. Mm. That makes you want to write another one immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And so there is a, you know, I've spent a bit of time in my studio with uh, getting excited about new new things, mm. but um, I'm not a traitor. My my loyalties with um, the little the little one we've just made. Yeah. <laughs> enough. Um, but what I find interesting, then you you call the process a, a long slog in, uh, in the wilderness. <laughs> That's. Is, is that a good analogy for the creative process? Not for the creative process, okay. no. I was talking about the, um, you know, the, the events, the world events. Sure. I'm loath to call it <laughs> by its name. But the, the world slowed down for a good two years. And, and, um, and when it came, sort of gradually came back to life, it's a, at least for the music, scene, music business, music scene, um, I'm sure it's different for every industry or everybody, different sure. people, but certainly for music, it's um, a different landscape that, that we're adjusting to. It's, um, it's financially prohibitive sometimes. Mm. It's become much more expensive. And um, there's a lot of people that are trying to catch up and there's a lot of gigs going on. People feel like there's shows going on all the time. So perhaps they're not so precious about going to them and we're, you know, we, we've landed in this uh, new kind of landscape. <laughs> I had a thought just now, and I'm not sure if it's a good question, but uh, and this hasn't, uh, this isn't specifically about the last couple of years, but in, in the entire span of the band, um, the music business is quite volatile and it is, it is tricky. Uh, were you ever discouraged to not make music or not make art? No. <laughs> 
No, I think that, you know, certainly no people discouraged us. I don't feel um, discouragement within myself. I feel like there's a lot, it's, it's really complicated, mm. you know. And there's a big difference between making music and making music for the music business, you know? So one of the first conversations we ever had was, uh, uh, we were pretty sure that we weren't gonna, we were gonna be, we weren't gonna make a living out of it, but we committed to doing it. And we almost like shook hands and said like, well, this is it, you know, we're gonna be very poor for the rest of our lives, you know? And it's working out. Yeah, and, um, and, and so, you know, in that sense, it was like, you don't need the music business to make music. And we were utterly aware of that and we were utterly committed to, to that, you know, scenario. Mm. Um, there's, there's moments where you just think like, I would rather not be in the business because the business is like, you don't want your art to be shaped by litigation and rules and, sure. and morals and laws. You don't want, want it to, but you kind of, it, it inevitably does get shaped in some way by, by those things, by the business. What I find interesting then, because you mentioned uh, kind of starting out 20 years ago, and I read that this album process, it felt kind of like, like making that first album, kind of, I, I suppose, that youthful exuberance that you have, because the last time we spoke, you kind of mentioned that the, to, that, that uh, almost childlike uh, excitement was back to, to, in terms of the creative process. So how did you start to hone in on what uh, God Games would become? Well, I mean, we wrote, we wrote before everything kind of closed down. And then um, I think I spent most of the pandemic worrying and hoping to play again and to do um, a record, you know? I think that moment that we felt that we could go and record something was so exciting and so freeing feeling. We were so thankful. That must be part of it. That must be part of that like childish, um, naive feeling of going into a studio like it is the single greatest thing in the entire world. But I think there's more to it than that. I think also doing a six record, I don't know, I just feel like we, we, we can just do whatever we want. You know, so in that sort of feeling, it felt really, really exciting creating music and really exciting recording it. And I, and the result is a record that I'm incredibly proud of, that I love. You know. It's a little bit hard to explain, isn't it? Sometimes you like you just you you kind of writing songs that you're trying not to think about it being an album, really, because sure. you just got to write. And then you start writing songs, but you know, in the back of your head, that they're not right. They're not really getting you. They're not exciting you enough. And then there'll be a song that comes along where, inexplicably, it's just like, oh my god, that's it. And um, I mean, that first song for us was Bullet Sound. Okay. And there was really 45 seconds of music. And, you know, Alison had put some, a verse on it. And it was, that was it. It was like 45, 50 seconds. But that was enough to know that we'd kind of started the fire. And then it kind of, it's really, I mean, it's, a, it's brilliant when you see it in front of you, but it's hard to explain it. Sure. It's, it's just, it's easy when it's in front of you and you just, certain songs come up and then you start building around them and it just suddenly that's the album you know you mentioned bullet sound now i'm right i read this on the internet and i didn't know if it was true or not but uh, did beck uh 
have a, a play a role in that as well. We went to Beck's house for like a week and hung out and went through Better Days and Bullet Sound. And it was just really fun. We didn't use any of that, yeah. but it was a really nice exercise. And it was really important. working with somebody and just like playing the songs and trying things. And it was mostly really fun. Yeah, it was really important part of it because, you know, to go back to the wilderness where there was so much isolation and more than ever, you were getting no response from anything you were doing because everyone was isolated. You, you didn't have that interaction with like, oh my God, what's that? That's amazing. You know, it was re you really felt like you were kind of, I felt like I was in this completely isolated from any kind of, any, I wasn't getting any reactions. It was really except odd. Except from me. Except from you. <laughs> and that's, but we were, you know, we're great in our little bubble, but it became vitally important to sort right. of, to put it out in the public somehow and it just it felt like really that was the that was a sort of filtering process with Beck he, he'd become quite a good friend and we just he lived like literally a minute okay. from my house so we just thought we'd go around there and you know what do you think and he was really excited and he really helped didn't he he helped with like he picked enthusiasm enthusiasm mm. and like very complimentary. I felt I felt like a guitar player again, playing playing in the room with Beck and, and his. You know, he was so lovely about my playing. He was like, and I just, it's you know, I yeah. just realised how much my kind of confidence and my ego had disappeared over that okay. period of time. You know. Well, yeah. Last time you did mention kind of. Uh wrestling with the, the notion of imposter syndrome and uh, I suppose just just that, that that having fun in the studio and playing guitar and stuff that that, yeah. that rekindles kind of yeah yeah but it was great like you know Beck picked a few, couple of songs to like to mess around with and um, one of them was Better Days which was a massive help because that suddenly for me Better Days wasn't really a song and then when he kind of said like, oh, this is amazing, then it suddenly makes you think like, oh, see it in a different way. So he, really, he, he helped to, you know, bang the foundations in for the record. We, I think we might finish some of the versions we did with him at some sure, point. Sure, definitely. For something. He yeah. really, every time I see him, it's the first thing he says, we should finish those songs. They're like, back, they're out, yeah. they're, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> what I also find interesting then, because the, uh, when we spoke, we, we, talk, we used the analogy of kind of the first initial ideas for a song are kind of the sparks and then once, Jamie, you put guitars over them, that's, that's when you light them ablaze in a way. That's, that's yeah. how you kind of uh, frame it. So, and I, I know this time around you were very late. Oh in, my in God, I pushed the, the fire <laughs> right to the very end. There was no setting anything alight until like the last couple of weeks, really. So what was that like then? Why, why the hesitation if that was uh, why you waited so long and, and kind of what kind of set it off? Um, I don't know. I think it's like you get so familiar with the thing that you do, like playing guitar. It's almost like, you know, seeing yourself in the mirror every day and like just kind of, you get to a point where you don't really like what you see and you put on clothes to go out and it's like, oh God, I just, it's just me, look at me. And I felt like that with the guitar, you know, it was just like, every time I played the guitar, it was just like, oh, it's just this sound of, I was really, I kind of fell out of love with the guitar. It wasn't really exciting to me. It felt like a bit of an albatross to have to play, you know, this old fashioned thing. Mm. 
and I was getting much more into, you know, new technology and new sounds. And I've always been really excited about new things. And I felt like I was spoiling it. Mm. I didn't, couldn't find a style. And then, and then I was listening, we listened to, we, you know, we'd recorded a lot of stuff and there was no guitar on it. And it just suddenly panicked me. I just thought this is not, this can't be, you know, that was the missing excitement for me. And it was nice to go in with that sense of urgency, like all, almost like auditioning, having to put something <laughs> on. And like, I needed, by that stage, everyone had to go, yeah, rather than just like, yeah. So it was really, I really forced myself and I just kind of fell, fell for the guitar again. It's an amazing instrument. You can play the drums on a guitar. <laughs> you can play the rhythm. You can play a little bass line, top notes, harmonize. It's just, it's, it, I really fell in love with it again. I'm like, my God, this thing is so versatile. Yeah, and I think the textures that you use are also very interesting. It's, it's not like just <laughs> random. No, no, but it's not like randomly playing the guitar like like uh, most people sound like. But if if you listen to um, one or three, for instance, the, those kind of textures that do, uh, the guitar sounds mm. are really cool. Is is it a tricky thing uh, to find the, the right sounds? In it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it takes. I mean, for me, it was kind of like I felt like I felt like some of that. I mean, the engineers we worked with were so brilliant, but sometimes I felt like I was kind of being a bit exasperating, you know. I'd have like five amps set up with different, you know. I'd, I wanted to recreate this kind of sub-bass sound. I, I thought like, why can't a guitar have a have one amp that's a sub, kind of sub-bass? Because I love really deep low end. And so I would have a one amp with that was pitched two octaves down with a pedal with two octaves down and then, the next amp with one octave down and then the next amp would be so bright that it would take your head off and then the next one would deal with all the mid-range and we kind of was we were just tweaking these amps to get a sound and i think it was a little it was um you know overall that was probably two two days in the studio you know over if you massed all the time of me twiddling and changing cables and changing amps yeah it's massively important to me that Oh, awesome. Um, now, Alison, you traded in the guitar for a for a hundred dollar keyboard. I believe. I believe. Didn't I start with a hundred dollar guitar and then I changed it? No, it was like a ten dollar guitar. If it was a five dollar guitar, it oh, was a two dollar guitar. It was a two dollar guitar. Yeah, it was just like lying on the was. side of the road somewhere. No, it was in a shop. <laughs> yeah, Jamie. Um, he he was like, you should get this little keyboard and try to write with that, and so. I did. I ordered one and it was amazing and I could make it sound like anything and I really loved writing with it and it's like this long and um, it really opened up the rhythm for me. It kind of took away the acoustic guitar rhythm that I'm always kind of locked into when I'm yeah, writing. Yeah, you sort of sing between the spaces more, don't you, when, you, when you've got... It was great. I, I could find all these melodies that were just like, my head was just flooded with melodies and it was so easy to write. It was just so pleasing to write. And um, I couldn't stop. I bought two of them. That's how much I loved it. It was so exciting to sending things that, because, I mean, it might not be that clear to anyone outside, but, you know, I know, you know, you kind of get stuck in a style and I know we definitely have. If it previously got stuck stuck in a style like you know my hands go to this muscle memory chord shapes and like I call it the claw when I'm like 
and it's a certain sound that you can you just bring the clot in yeah. to the guitar and you just sort of write the melodies are the kind of you're very you kind of get become restricted yeah. and it was just great and she was sending things through that were like wow like really different inflections and meters and yeah it was very pleasing to write yeah mm -hmm. And then there are also like those those little textures in in terms of the vocals. I mean, I I think I hear you on on one or two songs. Uh, Jamie uh, heard you, and then then you also have choirs kind of giving it that that oomph, uh, yeah in certain moments. So so it, my question was about that was was that kind of a, a gospel influence then because of the album title, or was it just you you like choirs? We love choirs. <laughs> yeah, we've used choirs before. It's um, I'm always trying to. I was I was trying to think of how to. I love kind of minimal music. Mm. I like the space in music. I like there being. I would rather spend a week trying to find one sound that can do the job of four sounds mm. than just do four sounds. You know, put four things on in an hour. I just I like to spend time like trying to find the perfect thing that just does that job, and I find. I found in the past that a choir is really amazing like that. It's kind of so emotional. And the, that's the sort of harmony of voices, especially female voices, is just, that blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but I like the making, because a lot of the time I'm playing, sort of picking things, you know? Yeah. Playing with my thumb and bass with my thumb and playing little lead hooks with my whatever. and. Um, Sometimes the songs don't have too many chords because of that, and and I found the choir making cuts of chords with harmonies really, really beautiful. And it was like I don't know, it all came coincidentally, but I liked this idea of we were I was search, somehow searching as an atheist for what God meant to me as an atheist, and I kind of liked this connection. It was almost word association, really. Mm. It was kind of like atheist gospels, and then oh yeah, that kind of. Made, gave, it kind of gave me the green light, really. Yeah, how, how did the theme of the album, or the kind of the, the several themes on the album start to shape, uh, take shape? And Alison, wh when did for you uh, the lyrics come in to play? Uh, the lyrics came in right away. Okay. I mean, I don't know, you know, that we, we didn't kind of start with a theme. We sort of began to recognize one after we had all the songs and thinking like all these little things are sort of lining up and it's interesting. Um, but the lyrics for me, they happen at the same time. You know, they happen really quickly, okay. immediately almost. And and Jamie's lyrics, everything he was sending me, was, it was so incredible. And I don't know, it's like, are we bouncing these things back and forth? Are they inspiring each other? I'm not sure. But when we sat down and looked at the body of work, it just felt really complete and complementary to each other. Mm. And when he played me God Games and told me the title of that, I was like, well, mm. that's the title of the record. It just feels so kind of fucked up and dangerous <laughs> and twisted and, you know, everything about the human condition and all the games that we play. And, you know, I think I always write about I always write about relationships. I always write about people's interaction with other people and the way that they're feeling and the, how confused they are and they get. And yeah. um, it just felt really right to me. I try not to overthink these things. You're, you're yeah. only picking them apart when 
someone's asking anyway, a question, it's like, yeah, I'm, I mean, still, I'm, I'm still finding out, I, I you know, like I'm it. still trying to figure out what you the know, hell I, we did. I think we were everyone, you know, you, you, you were always aware that, that um, you're kind of pulling meaning out of things and, and, you know, you don't sit down and have a conference and say, we need to put all <laughs> these things into a record. But I, my, that's my favorite thing that a lot of it wasn't intended and you feel like, you know, it's it's there because it's coherent. It's not because it was planned, but it's kind of, it's um, accidental, but coherent. That's my hey. favorite kind of work. But I think know? it's like when you're making art, you know, you have to be open. You're not trying to control it. You're mm. not trying to steer it. You're just letting, you know, the only steering you have at the end is the edit. Yeah. What you choose to put, you know, what you feel feels right, but yeah, these questions, I do, maybe if you asked me in five years, I'd have a much better idea. After I've stood on a stage and played these songs to other people and seen in their faces yeah. what it's meaning to them. I mean, there was a massive, like, just because of that time, there was a big sense of, um, there's a lot of people, it's very kind of, uh, at least in America, it's very sort of popular to, to um, spend a lot of time working on yourself to become better, you know, and and um, changing things, making things change for the better and changing yourself, which to me is interesting. Mm. It's not as interesting as thinking that it's quite a sort of anti-destiny thing, isn't it? Mm. The, the, the ability to change your path. Doesn't really work. And, and at the same time, in America, a lot, a lot of people believe in fate and destiny. Sure. So it's just these opposites. It's kind of like an atheist gospel. It's kind of like, you know, th there is a destiny. It is fate. What's going to happen to me? But you're spending all life trying to change it as well. And I, that, that to me was a kind of was absorbing what was happening around us. And God's games seem to like make that a really <laughs> a good title for that kind of weird phenomenon. Yeah. There, there was one line I think from my girls, my girls, uh, which I found really interesting. I picked a bad time to feel this good. <laughs> Yeah. I really, I really like that line because I, I feel that way so many times when you're, when other people are really distressing you. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so um, that was the euphoria of loneliness. <laughs> but there is some, some strange moments in, in that solid uh, solitude, I suppose. It's uh, funny though. I did think I thought about that line because I just thought I'm, I, I really like that line myself. It felt like a really good end to a verse. But at the same time, I was like, it is just a rhyme. Sure. It's, just, it's just rhyming with could or something or would or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, finally, then um, you mentioned kind of uh, playing live. So, so, and over the over your uh, career as a band, you've always always had different live setups, different. Uh, yeah, the, the different numbers of people alongside with you. So have you thought about how you want to fill in this, this live performance of the new album? I think, I think we have to kind of be realists and that we can, you know, we have to make decisions that we can actually do. Right. And I don't think it's the same kind of time anymore where you say, oh, I want to have four drummers. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think it's... What? I, <laughs> I think... Uh, I can't have four drummers. Maybe not this time, honey. Okay. But, um, no, you know, maybe we'll get back to that place. But I think at the beginning of this, this record, when we go on tour, we're going to try and do everything ourselves. And then, I mean, actually, you know, I who knows where the show will go? I don't know. I, I don't liked know. that from um, 
when we released Little Bastards, you know, that the B-sides and rarities, we were spending a lot of time making little videos of like going through old footage of shows. Right. And it, that, I, it felt like, it felt like watching, you know, I did, I, I was kind of had an out of body experience watching it because there'd be like, it'd be a show in 2003 playing the Olymp Paris Olympia, like a huge place for us. And, and, um, it would just be Alison, me, one amp, light, light bulb. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was really, I just, it was, it made me nervous thinking like, oh my God. And I, it kind of made, made me really appreciate the, the power of, of nothing, of it being almost nothing mm. and build it. And I, that I would love, I want to do that for this tour, I want it, I'd like, like it to be. <laughs> so there'll be nothing. <laughs> no, no, no. We we'll want everyone to look forward to this. We'll work on no. the wording for the poster. <laughs> Come and see the girls do nothing. <laughs> no, but it'll be too, you know, like I'd like, I want it to be stripped, stripped down and I'd love it to be me and Alice. I'd like to, like again. to feel the record in that sense first. Also, I'd like to, I'd like people yeah. to appreciate that. Um, I think it's vital. I'd like people to appreciate that um, a record and a live show are two different sure. fucking things. And don't, there's like going to a live show and expecting to hear a replica of the record. Stay at home. Listen, listen to, to it on headphones or watch YouTube. Don't don't come and hold your phone up and like expect this to sound like the record. Right. I want it to be a different experience. And I and I, I hope that that's I hope that that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Maya, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.